to play in the Super Bowl against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Turn handle in left side. Finds a little bit of a hole, keeps his leg moving. He's across the 40, midfield, 45, he's on the run winch. 40, pushes the man, 35, look at him go. He's down to 20, 15, he could go. He is going to go. Touchdown, Seahawks. Oh, my word. A 67-yard run. Marshawn Lynch, unbelievable. The beast is alive and well. Wide receivers to either side. Russell takes the snap. He drops back. He's going to throw down the middle. He's got a man. Come on. It has been decided, maybe since the safety in the first quarter. 12, they're bringing the trophy home. Your Seahawks, Super Bowl 48 champion. Welcome back to the We Talk Seahawks podcast, everyone. I hope you're all doing well. Um, I hope you enjoyed the uh, <laughs> is laughing at me for no reason there. I'm sure it's I'm sure there's an inside joke here somewhere. Tonight we're going to be looking at the linebacker prospects at a magnifying glass pod. As, as we're calling these, looking into the specific position groups and seeing who's available in each and um, and seeing who we could take tonight. It's the turn of the linebackers. Um, and then obviously we'll be doing a cornerback one as well, slash safeties as well. Uh, so look out for that as well, coming very soon. Um, but tonight I've got Pez, Josh and Mitch with me again, and it's going to be a linebacker focus all the way through this one. Um, we're going to do favourite players, few sleepers in here as well i'm going to kick it off with an iowa prospect um because iowa to be fair there's about three or four iowa defensive players that i'm drilling over this year iowa i don't know what they've been putting in the gatorade over there this year on defense but they've produced some excellent defensive prospects and one of them is my favorite linebacker in the class and it's frustrating me, it's teasing me because we're not going to take him because he doesn't fit our need of linebacker, in my opinion. Uh, but that is Jack Campbell, the linebacker out of Iowa. Um, I, I say we're not going to draft him. And I only say that because I see Jack Campbell as an out-and-out middle linebacker. Maybe maybe a Sam, maybe in a KJ right role, but I just think his speed, his speed lets him down a little bit to play as more of an outside linebacker. I think he took him away in in the middle and um, and and get him sort of as a as a run stuffer. Um, he can play in coverage, but I think his speed lets him down a little bit. Sideline to sideline lets him down uh, as is the only real knock. But I think he's a real throwback linebacker, and I actually think he's the best linebacker in a lot of aspects in the class over maybe a Trenton Simpson. Um, so that's he, he's my favourite linebacker in this class for me. Um, I don't know what you guys think of Jack Campbell or is there anyone else that you have as your favourite linebacker prospect to start with? You go for it, Josh. You can go first this time. I mean, I, Jack Campbell, I've, I've, I'll be honest, I've done limited research on him because he's he's just a big boy. I watched him at the, com- the Combine and I just thought it, in the middle of a field, he will do a job for someone. 
I saw him do some of the drills and thought he's a big boy who can move. He's got some flexibility about him, and I need to look at some of his highlights to see if he can hit. He can hit. I can. Oh, he, yeah, he can I hit. Can, I can come in here a little bit if you like. Absolutely. Cool. Um, so first thing I want to say is, um, guys, I noticed you're wearing the same shirts as the last pod. Uh, I hope you've done your washing. <laughs> Um, it's uniform, mate. That's all it is. <laughs> I see. That's it. Um, yeah. So Jack, Jack Campbell actually ended up. Uh, a lot of the, the write-ups on him started describing him as being elite in coverage, and that is really good. And like James said, he's a little sluggish, perhaps. I mean, four six five uh, for his combine forty. He's not um, a straight line speed kind of guy. But with his his ranginess, I mean, he's six foot five, two forty. 246 i think he is yeah something like that that. just shy of 250 i think he's an absolute sledgehammer in there but can also you know help with coverage so i i actually really like him as a he's not typically a fit for the seahawks but i think with our three high safety look um that we've been playing with i actually think he works really well because the whole point of that is to have two middle linebackers and three safeties that can do a bit of everything so you never really know who's staying in coverage who's going to be a box uh, a box like you know be a box safety or, or a third linebacker i absolutely love having a guy in there i mean maybe jack, jack campbell's in there and he drops back into coverage and then um jamal adams comes charging through you know, there's there's a real unknown package there, um, and I mean, if he's gone from being average in coverage to elite in coverage in one year, um, to to add it add to the fact, I think there's a, there was a really nice description on Draft Buzz for his tackling technique, which I know Josh will salivate over, which was he's a sure violent wrap up tackler. How about that? Violent that, and sure tackler in one sentence. Oh, perfect. I'm and gonna have to watch his highlights because that's the kind of stuff I like. I was gonna say that that that's going straight on my uh, my to watch list for tonight. Yeah, Jack Campbell. You'll like you'll like that. But uh, another description of him was a pumped up safety, six foot five pumped up safety. So that I mean that always whenever I hear a pumped and, up uh, safety for a hammer safety, I think of of guys that can mix it in coverage and drop the hammer on a tight end. And I think one of the other things they said uh, on draft buzz was that he dominates tight ends. So George Kittle's not going to sleep, not going to sleep at night Good. thinking that, that a six foot five, two fifty pound linebacker is going to smash him. So um, I really like Campbell. Yeah, I love Campbell. Like I say, I just I think bringing Bobby back, and obviously you've still got Jordan Brooks. I think unfortunately the middle linebacker spot is, st- and obviously you've got Devin Bush now as well. Who I keep forgetting. I think. As an out-and-out middle linebacker, we maybe are all right at that spot at this moment in time. I think we're looking for more of a, a sideline to sideline, outside linebacker prospect for me as a linebacker. Um, you do make a point there, um, because with Jordan and his role in that team, we spoke numerous times last season how he just didn't have the help. He just didn't, when Bobby went, he just didn't have the help. So it was like, he, he, you're the signal caller of the defence. you got to run sideline to sideline. And we're just not really going to help you out of anyone else. Like, you've just kind of got to fucking wing it on the fly. Kind of, I feel like he got given a real disservice from taking Bobby's job to then having to then do his old job as well without replacing that sideline to sideline. Now he's done... 
Uh, now he's done his was it his ACL? Yeah, yeah it was his ACL. Yeah. yeah. Now he's done his ACL. We don't know what that sideline sideline speed is. We, I think, he, that's the kind of linebacker we're going to be looking for because you just don't know what like it could take away all Brooks's game, and I will be mortified if he doesn't come back. And there's a strong thing that he might not come back the same guy. Like his whole thing was speed. And now, when we just got Devin Bush in, you got Bobby back. And this is perfect for Jordan just to be able to take his game to the next level with competency next to him. In the linebacker position, he goes and fucking blows his ACL. Swear Pete Carroll hates me. Here's here's a hot take for you that might be unpopular about um, Jordan Brooks. It might actually suit us. (laughs) It might actually be really good for us, for him to have had... um, I don't want to say it's ever good for anyone to have an ACL tear. It is a horrible thing to come back from, and it can end careers. However, we were in a position where we were coming up to his fourth year. If he'd have had a full year, the same as the the, the previous two, where he'd had, what, 140 tackles, etc., mm. we'd have had to pay the man in a big way. Through the roof, We'd have had yeah. to pay the man in a big way. With this injury coming back, he'll probably have half a year this year, we probably won't give him the fifth year, but we may give him a two to three year prove it deal, a John Schneider special, cap friendly, probably backloaded with, you know, maybe a void year. We could get another three or four years of of Jordan Brooks at a, at a discounted rate because he hadn't fulfilled that first round potential that we would have had to pay if he'd had a full year. So I'm never going to say it's a good thing for anyone to get injured. It's not. But it might if he comes back and recovers from it, People in the league aren't going to gamble on him after the ACL. They're not going to pay him more than we would pay him. So um, if you love Jordan Brooks, it might be quite good for you because we might be seeing another three, four years of him, whereas we might not have. Uh, that's my take. I don't know if anyone agrees with that. There you go. No, no need to burn your Brooks jersey just yet. Um, it'll never get burned. It'll get put in a frame, in a shrine. Um, I didn't really look at uh, Jack Campbell or anyone. The two I really like is... Owen Pepepo. 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 Whatever his name is. New name's Pepepo. Owen Pepepo. Right. Pepepo. Sorry. Pepepo. Pepepo. Come on. <laughs> that was a joke. That was a joke. <laughs> right. Is weight is weight height and hands armed the arms are too bad, but um, the weight and the height in measurables isn't that great for the position. Is what's weird because then his span is eighty seven percentile. What's really weird that he's got like shit hands. An okay arm length, but his span is really good. But then he's 40 and he's 10, his broad jump, his bench, and his vertical. He didn't do the shuttle, but they are all. His vertical isn't, so his 40, his 10 yard, his broad, and his bench are all 90 percentile. His 40 is 99 percentile for the position. 
have you got a stat there for his vertical jump? Because that's the one that really pops off the uh, the sheet for me. Did a forty uh, inch forty inch vertical. Sixty seven percentile what is like high range, but it's not like you just see them stats and you're like, oh, it's tackling ninety percent. Now I'm on the right track. I'm talking about the right person. And we were just talking about that sideline to sideline and the linebacker, like. A bit like what Mitch said about Brooks then about the injury um, and getting him cheap for a longer time. But I think it also might help him from not having to do that sideline sideline so he can focus more on the jobs of a middle linebacker instead of like always having to be the one, you know, always having to be the one doing the sideline sideline, whereas this guy would fit in like a fucking glove with his speed. Like, calls himself the freak. It's been my thing of these bloody defensive players' podcasts. And I just think with his athleticism and stuff, he'd be really good. But like I said before, I just don't, I'm not hyped about the linebackers because I just feel like I've not heard anything come out from the Seahawks being overly excited about these linebackers. And it might be something like what Josh said before we started recording this is, there's so many edge players who can play linebacker. It's like you don't know what they're looking it's, at. It, it's it's going to be a matter of what is their long-term plan for middle linebacker? Because Bobby's yeah. got one season. Uh, we've signed Devin Bush to one year, sort of prove it. He's saying he's in his perfect position playing his, next to Bobby Wagner. He thinks he'll be able to solidify a, a roster spot here. JB, if he comes back, he could be the second middle linebacker, but then we still need depth. Um, with me chiming in with that, I'll give you two of mine because I know one of them is going to be on Mitch's board anyway. Um, so I've got one, Trenton Simpson. I think he is possibly, in my opinion, one of the most polished inside linebackers in this class. I think he, what he does well is the basics of being a middle linebacker. He shoots some gaps really well. He diagnoses play really well. His coverage is quite good. He's got sideline to sideline speed. His tackling. Now, Pez, the person who writes these reports must just copy and paste because I will quote verbatim. He's a sure and violent wrap-up tackler with sideline to sideline <laughs> range. He's an excellent tackler in space, showing loose hips and the ability to break down and contain runners, which if you're going to have a... Someone like JB, who sideline to sideline anyway, he's probably going to be playing more coverage because we haven't seen him shooting gaps. You have someone like Trenton Simpson next to him who's got the speed, but he is also not afraid to shoot through a gap and take out a runner, which I think would be perfect. So he's number one. I won't go into the weaknesses because I just want to talk about the high points. If anyone wants to review them, have a look at the weaknesses. My second one is I'm, I've got a very Polynesian flavour to a lot of my... Uh, my draft picks on these. It's uh, Henry Toto from Alabama. Oh. It's a good job Pez didn't pick that one because there's no chance he'd have been able Henry, to pronounce Henry that Henry Tutu. Henry Tutu. <laughs> it's almost the tank engine as well as Peppa Pig. Sorry. Um, for me, with Toto, uh, one of the big things that I looked at as well 
with these so people like Sips and Toto is leadership as well from the middle of the field. Now Toto is a leader in that that Alabama defense. Like every time you see a huddle, he's one of the ones that's hyping everyone up. His tackling techniques sometimes he can get it wrong, which is absolutely fine because again that can be coached at the professional level. I think he's got his closing speed isn't elite, but he's got the ability to to take out a runner. Um, I just think he'd be a really solid piece to have in there and to coach up. I think if we got him in sort of the late second round, if we got another draft pick in there, um, if he lasts that long, um, I'd be well happy with that. He's just he's just a, a tough guy. He's he's he plays bigger than he is, and he's not a small chap, but he's more than happy to shoot through a gap between a guard and a centre, lower his head and try and get through. Um, they're my two sleepers. Well, I'm the sleepers, okay. two of my favourites. Noah Swell. Sewell. Sewell. Sewell, Sewell. It's because they spell it wrong. W-E-L-L. It's Sewell. I know yep. because I play rugby with a lad called Paul Sewell, spelt the exact I can't same way. Fucking read if you can ask us before you sound like a prick. I've got Just too much us. pride. I've got too much pride, Josh. Right, I'm okay. 33 and I still can't fucking read. But anyway. <laughs> go, God, come on. Noah Sewell. Like, the knocks on him, what a lot of people have said that he'd be like a great middle linebacker, now I'm on my bearings, be a great middle linebacker like 10 years ago. But yeah, I just read just what... Yeah, but I just read what he does really well. But then you say bulk, but... He's 40, and his 10-yard dash are 70% out, 80% out. So he's, he's still, he's got top-end speed for the position. And I read, so I think about last year and what we struggled at. We got killed by the run. We got destroyed. My, I think, Raiders, they destroyed us with one run play, gassed the fuck out of us. And that's what he excels at. He excels by what I've read by defending the run but apparently that's old school and it's shit but then this is where this NFL draft buzz kind of contradicts itself because in that overall rating of him they have his percentage of pass um, like a pass defence better than his run defence but then knock him for being excellent at run defence and not that good at pass defence so you've got to wave through the shit what they're coming out with well, they did but, it on Toto well, as well. They said he was great at lowering his pads and bullying through tacklers or bullying through runners or guards. And then they go undersized for a middle linebacker position that can be out muscle. Get a grip. Yeah. That's just it's so, just reaching for things to compare, like, mate. It's fine. Like like what like what you said, Joe. Come I'm on, because I think his, Mitch is champion. I is strengths. And to me, you you read through his list of strengths and what he does, and that that's to me, is what we need. We need someone in the middle. Josh is the man who fucking nearly was in hospital five times last season with cardiac arrests for tackling in the middle of the field. And this is what this man does exceptionally well. And I think he could he could be in, he could be a sleeper. He could be a steal for where people are saying he's going to go. In my opinion, he needs a lot of coaching. I think it, Noah Sewell is a guy that, that I don't know Josh has watched a lot of because he's keen on the Ducks. And 
I watched a lot of him because he started off this year being one of my favorite players in the draft. He's so exciting and physical and quick. And uh, he's got this crazy enthusiasm for just hitting people. And he's the, your typical Pacific Islander. You just, yeah, he does. he's a bull in a China shop. But that is yeah, exactly his weakness. weakness like, as well. the, yeah. the guy's 21 years old. Right, he's 21 years old. He is big. He is big. And he is physical and he is downhill. But he, it's like it's like someone's waving a red rag at him where they want him to go at times. You can you can misdirect him. You can show him the cheese and he'll just go after it. And then, you you know, so there's a naivety there with him that gets him caught out. And that's why he dropped from being a first round projection at the beginning of the year all the way down to the third, because everyone's saying he is not ready enough to deserve a first round grade. He's not a starting uh, linebacker. But I think that's great because, as Josh kindly broke down for us before when it comes to coaching he's going to be 21 in his first year yeah very young and all his in my when i look at it his weaknesses are all coachable like yeah, josh said it's not it's not physicality what he's losing out on he just needs to hone his skill do you know what we're missing out on it's, it, it, it i'll agree with this thing that he's a couple of years too late if we and it's, Gonna shock you all me saying this, but if we still had Ken Norton, Yikes. you'd want him because one thing Ken Norton you can't knock what Ken Norton did with them linebackers from back in the day. What Ken Norton helped with Bobby, with KJ, he yeah. helped bring them on a lot. And them to openly say that if it well, wasn't for Ken, I don't know if I'd be where I am. If there's one player I wouldn't comp Noah Civil to, it's it's KJ Wright. Because KJ, KJ Wright was was a cerebral I'm kind just, of, he was a thinking man's linebacker. I'm not, I'm not comping. I'm just saying, for coaching a position, he wasn't good outside of the linebacker position. But yeah. as a linebacking coach, he did do good for this team. Yeah, maybe maybe Noah Sills actually is a really good um, uh, draft prospect for the Seahawks, just because we don't need him to start. He could be he could be a special teams hammer. He could be um, a backup to you know Bobby and um, Devin Bush, and he doesn't need to start straight away. He can be he'd be 22 next year. He's still going to be physically talented, full of enthusiasm, very coachable. What? Who's the best person to have? Bobby. But but for that reason, he's not worth a first round draft pick like he was projected at the beginning of the year. Now he's a third, fourth. Well, Maybe that makes him a great steal for us in the fourth, third, fourth round. Maybe exactly. Go on, Mitch. Yeah. Who've you got? I know, um, I know one of them. Drew Drew Sanders is is the guy. Um, and he, <laughs> what I know, highlight? I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, just for that one tackle, right? And, and, and funnily enough, if you watch anything on any path of the draft, regardless of whether they're talking about linebackers or not, they send they tend to be putting in that three second clip of him absolutely annihilate. I can't remember who it was. It was a running back shooting the gap. It gets absolutely absolutely planted into the turf. Um. He's a guy I really like. Um, one of the things about him, you'll see him listed as a middle linebacker. You'll see him as a, an, an off-ball linebacker. You'll see him as a pass rusher. I like that he does all three, all three things really well. He's a bit of a Swiss Army knife. Um, I could really see him complementing Jordan Brooks really, Jordan Brooks really well because he, someone who is that mobile. Sometimes he's rushing. Sometimes he's run stuffing. Uh, he's quite slender, and you hear the term "getting skinny." 
when 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 a, a linebacker tries to get through a tight gap in the offensive line as a surprise a surprise element, you want a guy who's not necessarily uh, broad-shouldered, thick, heavy guy. Um, so he's a guy we could certainly work with, and he drops into coverage quite well as well. So solid tackler, average. I'm not going to say he's great in coverage, but you know he's, he's, he he can do it, and it's coachable. And uh, get skinny and gets through the line. We just the thing that they say he won't do well in the NFL is just being a pure rusher, um, because he's lacking he's lacking in pass rush moves. He's lacking in in sort of weight and size. Um, but I could see him doing the kind of KJ right role on to the right of the middle linebacker. Sometimes he's rushing. Sometimes he's coverage. Sometimes he's you know dropping into the middle. He just does it all. I like him for that. And violent. Is that a sleeper, Mitch? Um, at linebacker, there was a few, but I think we discussed them on the previous pod or or here. So I'm not going to waste time um, with anyone else. We've talked about Diabate, and we've talked about um, there's another there's another. Guy. Oh, Noah Sewell was was actually the guy that me and Josh talked about that I was going to bring up, but we've touched on him as well. So um, no, that's it for me. Well, no problem because I would love to round off this little linebacker podcast. Uh, with my sleeper, Cam Jones, out of Indiana. Um, mm. This guy is currently still being projected to go in the seventh round. I think that's ridiculous. Um, I, I, I don't understand how he's being lost in this draft. Um, I'm not saying he's a first or second round talent, don't get me wrong, but I think he's absolutely a third or fourth round talent that's being forgotten about and is probably going to go in the sixth or seventh round. And if we can get him and pick him up late in the draft. Mark my words, it is going to be one of the steals of the draft because this lad, I think, is absolutely excellent. Um, he does the fundamentals so well. He's talking about guys who 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 don't need coaching and stuff like that, or maybe require too much coaching. Cam Jones doesn't require too much coaching for me. I think his tackling is excellent already. It's his biggest sort of tick in the box when you look at him. He's already an absolutely polished tackler, doesn't miss many tackles. I think he actually at one point last season led all of college football linebackers in sort of the least amount of missed tackles allowed kind of thing in terms of wrapping guys up. So he's an absolutely assured tackler. He plays run defence so well blitzing through the box and, and, and stuffing runs through the box. And as a as a smaller guy, when you look at his measurables, and again, this is just another guy where people are going to look at his measurables as a linebacker being only six foot one, 226 pounds, only 31 and a quarter arms. But, and he's not overly quick. I think he ran a, a, a 4, 6, 9, 40 or something. So measurables that don't blow you away, but this, but, that, again, when you keep looking at the guy's profile, it's the one thing people keep knocking him for. And it's like they're just overlooking a guy purely because of the measure. The football isn't played on the on, on the math sheet with the measurables and with rulers. It, it, it's what he, he's doing and producing on the field. And if you watch Cam Jones on the field, he tackles as well as any six foot five, 280 pound linebacker. He, he blitzes and has the speed like an edge rusher. So I, I, I really don't understand how this guy is getting overlooked and lost. And I'm glad he is because I'm, if he's there for us in this late round, please, I beg you, John Schneider, take him and cash in your check later. Because I, this guy, I think, I, I really do. I think he's one of my absolute top sleepers in the draft. 
like I called Tariq Woolen last year, I'm putting a similar tag on this lad, Cam Jones. Um, I think if we don't draft him, just put him in the name to watch, put him in the tracker and see what he's doing in the next two years um, because he'll be he'll be playing very well in the National Football League, in my opinion. Um, I don't know if you have any thoughts on him, Mitch. I do, I do. Uh, you've said a lot of the things that I really like about him, actually. Um, one thing that is a negative is his age, um, because I think when mm-hmm. the season starts, he'll be 24, yep. which is one thing I don't like. However, with the projection he's got as a sixth, as a sixth, seventh, possibly even undrafted player, I think it's an absolute steal um, to have a guy in there that we just know is never going to miss tackles. The stats yep. with his with his missed tackles were unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you look through his actual stat sheet, the amount of forced fumbles and I think he's got a couple of interceptions. He's got interceptions. Sacks, well. interceptions, forced sacks. fumbles. Yeah. Yeah, sacks. He's got two two interceptions, uh, six, seven sacks, um, forced fumbles. The guy's just an absolute playmaker. Yeah. And you can put him. You can put him in there. Uh, you know, and just expect expect turnovers. And I, mm-hmm. I love that. And with a very very low low cost to have a gamble on him. Um, one thing as well, he's knocked a little bit for um, his size, his physical measurements. But actually, if you read through his strengths, a lot of people are really high on um, using long arms to wrap up. But mm-hmm. he doesn't have long arms. And do you know why people say he has long arms when he doesn't have long arms? Because his technique is phenomenal. Yeah. And he looks, because he, he's wrapping people up, he, he's he's got these instincts and... Um, <laughs> He's got these instincts and te- the instincts and technique that make him look better than his measurements. Yeah. That's Sorry, as a quick disclaimer to anyone who isn't watching via YouTube, Josh hasn't <laughs> been able to conceal his laughter there because Pez, as we like to do when we start gushing over a player, likes to make a rather crude gesture with his hands, which I'm sure I don't need to explain in any further scientific detail. Um and we couldn't help but laugh there. We weren't laughing at Mitch's beautiful explanation as as to why I, Cam I, I Jones is a future old Stan's dad pose just finished by his computer. Ah. <laughs> I'm talking like that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because we're professional. I'm going to chuck some names out of you now because, like I said, I'm not, I'm not really looked too much into a linebacker position, but a few names that have caught my... Just from brief reads on them, who I thought are interesting without looking too much more into them. So Mitch are on the hot seat. Mm-hmm. And whilst I just call them out, if you are disinterested, just simply say no. I'll just say pass. I think yeah. it's going to be a case of trying to work out who it is that you're I'm trying right. to pronounce, not being oh, disinterested. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Go ahead. I'll translate. So, I'm in. I'm in the game. Doran Williams. Just rattle them off and then whichever one you think is worth speaking about, go for it. Finish um, this first and I'll, and I'll circle yeah, back because yeah, it might yeah. not be worth wasting time on all of them. Doran Williams, Mike Morris, Ivan P- Pace Jr., Ola Sean, Ventrell Miller, who the Seahawks have yeah. had Interviews, in a visit, yeah. and then his the off the floor of Gators as well, Brenton Cox Jr. That little group. What what do you reckon out of that little group? They, they seem like yeah, a bit of a mid-draft kind of clusterfuck. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're all really reachable um, value picks, aren't they? The one, the one that you've mentioned. There's a few there that I can I can happily talk about. But the one that I'm really high on that I think is almost you could almost automatically just pen him in. I think um, Mike Morris. I think he's already a Seahawk. Ooh. Genuinely, um, he's he's a guy that. We, yeah, Adi Adaboway, we we spoke to at the combine, but Mike Mike Morris was the, one of the second. I think he was second or third um, person we we interviewed. Mike Morris is the most perfect scheme fit for a three-four defense or a four-three, depending on where we are with you know which down it is, etc. He fits the edge. He fits uh, as a bear as a bear in the three front, six six foot five, two seventy-five pounds. Um, He's a really, really aggressive edge rusher that has dropped down the board based upon um, a little bit of production. He's had average production and a little bit on his physicals and things, uh, which I know Pete Carroll values. However, um, he, he represents outstanding value and a perfect scheme fit. And it, he, he seems to do really well instinctively as well, despite the lack of advantages that you get from the physicals. Because so he my, didn't have a good combine, did he? Just to box no, it. No, he didn't. And I think they'll be licking their lips there because I think they were already going to draft him regardless. He's he's a guy that just made right. and I I think actually if you look at his if you look at his college tape and his stats and things, he was he was producing in spite of outstanding physicals. So it makes complete sense that a guy like that wouldn't shine at the combine and would drop down draft boards. Like if he didn't excel at right. it in college, I'm not expecting him to do it in a track and field event. Do you know what I mean? It, like it would be silly to expect that to look different. So Mike Morris, a one hundred percent. We spoke. You just, spoke about Ventral Miller as well. Correct. Carry on. I was just gonna. Um, you can talk about Ventral Miller um, instead yeah. if you want, but I was just gonna throw out because I've seen his name thrown out a lot, and from watching college on BT and te- Texas is on there a bit, his name gets mentioned quite a lot. Hmm. I'm just interested to see if my theory on this player is right with not really knowing too much about him, that Overshone. Yeah. Is he another, is he just a cheaper, kind of cheaper version of um, Jalen Carter in a sense of he had all the hype in high school, had all the hype coming into college and kind of just run on his ability without making you know, too much effort to improve because what I read about him, he's going to be 23 in his first year, but he sounds like he's got the frame to grow his size with one of his weaknesses, but he's got the frame to build more size on going into the league. Um, And what else was going to say? And it, it seems like he can be coachable to become a really good player, but is he just a case of he's just got all the hype and he's let it go to his head, or is he just a not a good player? It's really he's very similar to Sewell in my opinion. He's he's got all the the physical. It's got the frame that you'd want. He's blessed with uh, a six three frame, very broad shouldered, but only two thirty pounds. I think he is. Was he two thirty? Two twenty? Yeah, something like that. Because one of his things was he he's got he's the frame to build the size. Yeah, he needs to fill out a little bit, but I think as well the instincts aren't quite there. He get, he chases the play a little bit, um, takes the cheese, you know, play action and things will have him coming unstuck a lot. So, um, in, incredibly physically talented, just lacking um, in the in the sort of cere- cerebral sort of. It's not a thinking man's linebacker. 
he's um, right. it's more of a sort of uh, physical. So he's not. Yeah. He's not. You wouldn't say he's really a steal because no, I no, remember no. hearing his name last year and he was thought of quite highly coming into the draft. But let me, let me see where he was projected last year because I know he dropped dramatically. Um, yeah, yeah he's he was, now like fifth or sixth round, and I swear he was, he was a lot higher. He was middle second round at the beginning of the year, but at the end of last year he was projected uh 28th i think at peak last year coming into this year so yeah the guys dropped about 120 places and that's just because physically he had everything he just had um had to mature into the position and it just didn't happen this year for him so his his draft stock dropped um yeah so is it a case of it, it could be another like jalen Carter situation where he's kind of just like I'd be happy for us. I'd be happy for us to take him, like we said about Sewell. Like he's he's got all the physicals for for the coaching staff to get hold of, and he doesn't need to start right away for us. So it could well be that he he presents a, a real diamond in the rough to um to the Seahawks. Oh, okay. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I just don't want to see a lot of draft capital spent. Fourth well, round pick on him. I'd be happy. I cut you off uh, when you were going to talk about Ventura Miller. Is there anything? Interesting. Um, we should know about him, or is he just? He's a guy I think we want to draft. Um, yeah. I know we've had him in for interviews. It's really easy to say that, but I think I think the thought with him is that one of our we got two picks at 151, 154. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. um, he is likely to be available at that spot. Um, with our three three safety look we're playing next year, I think we can expect to see one or two more safeties on the roster than last year. Um, we've obviously already got the three plus um, uh, Kobe Bryant as well, who I think when we're not playing the nickel, he will serve as depth for the the safety core. So I think we will see one or two drafted and everything about him screams high value, good fit for us. Um, and again, as we said a lot on this series of podcasts, um, a lot of his weakness uh, weaknesses are quite quite coachable and his big weakness physically is there's like a, a stiffness in his hips that that, that stifles like a, a change of direction um but i think we'd have him as quite a downhill guy anyway so i don't think i think he's more uh jamal adams cover than he he would be uh love or Diggs cover if you see what i mean so the change of direction thing i think that's mitigated, mitigated in, enough it sorry you get him in as a safety not a linebacker Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I would. Oh, okay. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have him as a linebacker for for the Seahawks. Um, I know this is a linebacker pod, but um, I I can't see. Well, I, 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 what I will say is that the the there will be blurred lines next year between what is a safety and what is a linebacker for us. And when you have a guy that's a linebacker that that is downhill, decent in coverage. I think they'll look at him and go, that's a Cam Chancellor. That's that is a if you've ever ordered Cam Chancellor from Wish, this is what turns up on your doorstep. <laughs> well, that lovely note. <laughs> I think I think we've got we've got Pepper Pig, Tom the Tanking, Wish.com. Fucking hell. Oh. I mean, Sponsored we, we do try show. and provide some form of insight on this podcast, but the insight that we provided on this one is how not to pronounce certain draft players. Players' names, isn't it? But I'll tell you what. 
we we do we do cater for all on this podcast. So um, no, listen. Um, I hope you've all enjoyed that. A little magnifying glass look on the uh, on some of the potential linebacker prospects that we could be taking in this year's draft. Um, obviously, not a massive massive area of need for the Seahawks, but as you know, with the Seahawks, we never quite know what they're going to do on draft night. And um, with a load of picks, I'm sure one of them will probably be used on a linebacker of sorts. So maybe one of those is one of the guys we talked about tonight. Um, but as always, stay tuned. Um, we have another cornerbacks slash safeties one coming as well down the pipeline uh, where we're going to get into all those kind of prospects in the defensive backfield that the Seahawks will be looking at and potentially taking as well. Um, but like I said, hopefully you've learned something tonight, whether that's uh, insight on a player or insight on how not to pronounce their certain names. Um, I hope you've taken something away from this podcast, as we always as we always try and do with you guys. Uh, we try and deliver some form of knowledge in one way or the other. Um, but no, thanks, as always, for listening. You're all legends uh, or, or viewing, because some of you might be on YouTube as well. So thank you to everyone who's stuck around for half an hour to, to look at our beautiful faces uh, and Jalen Carter. And... Um, and Stay tuned. We'll, we'll get Mitch a camera at some point. We will get Mitch a camera, yeah. Um, but for now, go Hawks. Go Hawks. Go Hawks.